0: Hello, and welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Lauren Council, your Editor-in-Chief. We have another exciting podcast for you today. We hope that you enjoy.
1: Hello, and welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. This is Emily Newsom. I'm a dermatologist at UCLA, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Sylvia Parra, who is in private practice in South Carolina. Dr. Para is the chair of the Performance Measurement Committee which is the AAD Committee in Charge of Developing Quality Measures. And today, our topic is Procedures and Measures. So welcome, Dr. Para.
0: Thanks very much for having me.
1: So today we're going to talk about MIPS and quality. So I honestly have to admit I don't know much about this topic. So can, can you give us a little background?
0: Sure. So uh, MIPS is the Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, or MIPS, And it is a system that was put in place by CMS in order to drive quality care. And uh, the word quality is sometimes difficult to define. And I think the AAD and dermatologists at large learned very quickly that if we did not define quality, what it means to be a quality dermatologist for ourselves, That CMS would quickly define it for us and they would potentially use just cost as a measure of quality. If you were inexpensive, then you were a good doctor. And and we all know that, that that's not necessarily the case. And so I got involved with performance measure development several years ago in an effort to work with other dermatologists at the AAD to develop quality measures so that we ourselves could define what it means to be a good dermatologist.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. So the way that you measure the quality is key.
0: Absolutely. And the MIPS system has four components. One component has to do exclusively with cost. A second component called an improvement activity is something that dermatologists can do on their own as a local project in their own practice. There is another component called promoting interoperability that has to do with utilization of electronic records. And then the fourth component that we are most involved in is the quality component or quality measures.
1: Okay, so how do you go about figuring out how quality should be measured in dermatology?
0: This is a a kind of a challenging and lengthy process, but the way that we do it at the AAD starts with doing something called a needs assessment. So the performance measurement committee sets up a work group to do a needs assessment, and those dermatologists are charged with looking at gaps in care reviewing recent publications like the burden of skin disease it comes out periodically, looking at what the AAD and dermatologists are doing as far as guidelines and looking at just kind of hot topics. What are controversial topics? What are things that we are doing well? What are things that we could be doing better? And they prepare this needs assessment that ranks different topics that are ripe for development of quality measures. Some of the earliest measures that were developed years ago when the MIPS program was first put out by CMS was surrounding the topic of melanoma. And so we feel like as dermatologists, melanoma is a really important thing that we do in the house of medicine. And there are several measures that were developed years ago, looking at tracking melanomas, making sure your melanoma patients are getting full body skin exams and coordination of care, making sure your melanoma patients, their primary care doctors are aware of their diagnosis so that they can have appropriate follow-up. So that was one of the first topics that was developed.
1: Okay. I remember hearing something about that.
0: So those have been around for a while, and truthfully, they are getting to a point where most of us are doing those, and so those measures get topped out, or they are sometimes, once everyone has kind of raised their standard and performing those types of quality activities, then those measures are removed from the system. And so we're, we're constantly trying to develop new measures.
1: Oh, I see, because they want to distinguish between us, so if everyone's doing it, it doesn't really help them. Exactly. Uh. So the push more recently in the past Five
0: years is towards outcomes measures. And the AAD first outcome measure was related to psoriasis. Uh, There's been an explosion of treatments for psoriasis in the past decade or so. And so one of the performance measures that's in the system looks at how your psoriasis patients are doing from an outcome standpoint. Are they getting better? based on an objective scale that you're asked to put in your chart, whether it's body surface area, Or physician global assessment, or that type of thing. And so that's another important measure that's in place that I think has really driven some changes in practice. Writing in a specific objective measurement of your patient's psoriasis severity was not always something that I did when I started out um, just out of residency, but it's something I've gotten into the habit of doing. And I think it's been helpful for me to really have an objective gauge of how my psoriasis patients are doing and if they are improving.
1: So, do you recommend putting in their total body surface area, maybe what it was at baseline and how it's improved at the follow-up visit or something like that? So, the way that the measure works initially when the measure was first developed, there there was simply
0: a measure that looked at whether or not you were quantifying your patient's disease severity. And so once people started to do that, then it looks at whether or not your patients are getting better. Yes. And so ideally, dermatologists are giving their psoriasis patients an objective measurement so that they can see if they're getting better.
1: Right. Or at least writing mild, moderate, severe, mild to moderate, Uh something like along those lines.
0: The measure gives several options for different types of scales that can be used, and so it's not it's not a one size fits all. Everyone does things a little differently, but uh, the measures we try to make them as broadly applicable as possible, so that people have choice.
1: So something related to severity, interesting. Yes,
0: okay. and so for a while, those were the main measures that were out there. There are melanoma measures, there are psoriasis measures, and then. Since the MIPS program is a national program and covers all specialties, there are different measures in the program that look at medication reconciliations. Many people may ask about flu vaccine. You can ask about body mass index or tobacco cessation. But as dermatologists, one of the complaints or the requests was, can we develop more dermatology-specific measures that really add value to our practice? Because it's, it's good to know if what your body mass index is or some of these things do. You know, if your patient smokes, they or disease may be worse. But I think really to add value to our practice and make us feel like we're doing something to get our patients better and not just doing something to click a box, these dermatology-specific measures I think are the most valuable to us.
1: I see. Yeah. I'm at a university, so we do have those checkboxes for things like that. And so now it's becoming clear why we have those (laughs) checkboxes. So over the past two to three years, the PMC has
0: been working hard to develop more measures that really cover the breadth of dermatologic practice across the country. Some people do exclusively surgery. And so, over the past year or two, there have been several surgical measures that have been developed. There are measures for general dermatologists looking at not just psoriasis, but some patients with dermatitis and looking at itch severity, another thing that you can quantify for your patients with dermatitis or psoriasis, looking at quality of life. And if some physicians are interested in kind of assessing quality of life for their patients, there is a measure that encourages you and gives you credit for doing that. And there are even some measures for people who do exclusively dermatopathology.
1: Oh, great. So just for a practical tip, what's a good quality of life measurement? Specific quality of life
0: measure. And, and all of these measures are detailed, and you can see the actual measure on the AAD website. So this measure gives a specific quality of life questionnaire that is three questions that is based on the Skindex Mini that is a scale that was developed by some dermatologists recently, and I, I think is gone to publication in the past year or so. And so that specific measure has actually a three question questionnaire that you can ask because it was a difficult measure to develop because we felt like um, this was something that might be difficult to implement in certain types of practices. The measure developers for this one really tried to make it as simple as possible.
1: Oh, great. Yeah. I mean, quality of life is so important for our patients. So I think that is important for quality. That's great. Um, can you tell me more about the surgical um, measures? Absolutely. I thought you might ask about those. So
0: in the past, there have been measures that were based on appropriate use criteria for MOS, And so it was a measure that tried to discourage Mohs surgery for small superficial basal cells on the trunk and extremities and small squamous situs on the trunk and extremities. But this is fairly low-hanging fruit. The vast majority of most surgeons are, are really not doing this. And so over the past year, there, it was clear that there was a need for more surgical-focused measures. And so there have been several that have been developed in the past year. There are a series of three performance measures that were developed in collaboration with the American Society of Plastic Surgery that look at different activities that occur during uh, skin cancer reconstruction, those measures specifically look at avoidance of unnecessarily prescribing antibiotics prior to reconstruction, avoiding prescribing opioids prior to reconstruction before trying other potential uh, non-opioid analgesic options, and looking also at continuing patients on their anticoagulation therapy. I think that's something that the dermatology literature has been very clear on, that um, there is significant risk at stopping patients' anticoagulation therapy. And so as dermatologists, we want to really discourage that for the majority of skin cancer reconstruction surgeries. So those are three that were developed in collaboration with plastic surgeons. There is another measure Uh, fourth one that looks at post-operative complications. I think as dermatologic surgeons and most surgeons, we all like to think we're really good at this. And I think mostly we are, but it looks at trying to really track either bleeding complications, hematomas, and infectious complications Mm -hmm. in the immediate post-operative period.
1: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense, which, yeah, tend to be pretty low. Are there any other quality measures that you wanted to talk about? And then I wanted to ask you about the cost issue.
0: So there are a number of different ones that you can choose from. And I think it's important for everyone to look at the different options. They're listed on the AAD website. There are really two types of performance measures. There's the general ones that are available to everyone, all different types of physicians nationally. And I mentioned the ones that are melanoma and psoriasis based, and those are available to all physicians. But there are additional measures that are available primarily through the AAD quality clinical data registry or QCDR, something called Dataderm. And so Mm -hmm. some physicians may be familiar with Dataderm. It is a quality clinical Data registry that is available to all dermatologists through the AAD. And that a lot of the measures that I mentioned, based on psoriasis, dermatitis, some of the post operative complications, can be reported on through that data derm registry. So I encourage everyone to look at that, and there are a lot of options.
1: Well, it's great that the AAD is being proactive in, on all of this. And like you said, if we don't develop the quality measurements, then someone else will that might not be as favorable. Dr. Parra, I was reading on the CMS website that physicians pick six measurements. Is that right?
0: Yes, that's correct. You, um, as, as part of trying to meet all the different um, kind of gates for reporting for MIPS annually, you um, pick six measures that you want to try to focus on. You can do more than that if you, have, if you look at it and think, oh, well, this is pretty easy for my practice. We always ask about flu vaccine, and we always ask our psoriasis patients, and most of our psoriasis patients are doing better, and you can do up to 10 or 12, and that gives you additional points um, towards your final MIPS score. So for reporting for MIPS, there are a couple of different ways to do it, and there are some dermatologists who are still doing paper charts, and while that is becoming a little bit more challenging, you definitely can report for MIPS using paper charts and doing some manual data entry into the Dataderm registry, but there's a lot of different guidance on the website about how to report. If you are just trying to do the bare minimum so you don't end up getting a Medicare kind of payment penalty, the AAD kind of guides you down what you need to do to make that threshold. But for practices who want to take a little bit of time to do this, I think it is pretty straightforward to be able to report on some of these quality measures and actually possibly get a payment incentive or a percentage of your Medicare collections as a bonus for doing a few of these things. So six is the bare minimum and you can actually do more and it can help you towards that payment incentive.
1: I see. So basically you need to pick at least six measurements to be kind of get the average payment. And then if you pick more, you might get higher payment. And if you don't do it, then you might not get as high of a payment.
0: Yes. And I think you really, you, you, even by picking one or two, you can meet that bare minimum threshold and avoid any kind of penalty, which is, you know, everyone has a different goal with this. And I think there are different ways to do it and you have different
1: options related to that. So this is super important, especially for a private practice dermatologist so that they can get reimbursed appropriately.
0: Absolutely. You know, a lot of hospital systems and academic centers do this as an entire multi-specialty group and that kind of thing. So dermatologists that practice in that setting may just notice they have to click a box about flu or click a box about advanced directives, and that's the extent of it. But for those of us who are in private practice, we are usually kind of doing this on our own. There isn't a lot of infrastructure set up for it. But I would encourage people, even in small private practices, um, to look at this. And particularly, if you have electronic records, then there's no excuse. You can do this pretty easily. And even if you have paper records, there are ways to do it. And hopefully, with the help of staff members, you could do it without too much pain.
1: Okay, so it sounds like really the takeaway is that the AAD has resources and we can visit those in order to fulfill these requirements and figure out what is going to be the best fit.
0: Absolutely. They they are very responsive with this and and any kind of questions that you have, they have great resources on the website and then they have staff members who are dedicated to answering questions on this type of thing and have always been very helpful when I've been reporting with my practice.
1: Oh, great. That's great to know. Well, I really appreciate it. Do you have anything else to add about quality or measurements?
0: Yeah, I I encourage people to learn a little bit about it. I think it's not quite as painful as you might expect. And my hope is that it could actually add some value to your practice.
1: Interesting. Well, I feel like I definitely learned something and I really appreciate your expertise in educating us and encouraging us to not be intimidated and get in there and look at these quality measures, and also just to highlight what the AAD is doing. I think that's great. Thanks very much. Well, this has been a great Dialogues in Dermatology. We talked about the development of quality measures by the AAD, and in order to get the payments from the CMS, there's something called the MIPS, and in, within MIPS, we need to select the six best measurements, and you can actually select up to 10 measurements or at minimum one or two in order to get the reimbursement from Medicare. So we had a great discussion with Dr. Para, and there's a lot more information on the AAD website, and the AAD has staff members available to answer questions as well.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Dialogues in Dermatology. This is Lauren Council, your Editor-in-Chief. For more podcasts, including bonus issues, check us out online at the website of the American Academy of Dermatology or through the Dialogues in Dermatology app. You can now also sync your subscription to your favorite podcast app. New podcasts are released each week in addition to our monthly JAD podcast. We hope you enjoyed these new options for listening to Dialogues and the increased content for your listening pleasure. Thank you.